If you are visiting, I want to personally welcome you. My name is Jose. I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor and I want to guide or lead you to the guide, to the ccc.guide. So that's on our phones. It's a website and it's got all the verses. It's got other resources and it also has a connect card where you can fill as little or more information as you want. And there's also ways to serve. And most importantly, on that prayer card, we have our prayer request little form. And so if there's anything going on, uh, feel free to share that. That is confidential. Rhonda and our prayer ministry team are faithful. Every single Monday night, they get together and they pray for all the prayer requests. And so I want to let you know that also. Uh, I'm going to be doing announcements through the message. So I just want to welcome you if you're visiting. I hope that you feel at home. Cypress Creek Church is an imperfect church, but we come together to worship our perfect Savior, and we have been in this series called Kingdom Culture. We want to be about His culture in His kingdom as we navigate everything going on today. So last week, we talked about family, and we talked about how God prioritizes family. And today, we're going to be talking about how God also prioritizes the church, and next week, prioritizes our nation, our citizenship here in this land. And we talked about how to juggle all those three and we can drop one or two. We shouldn't drop family, but really the second we really shouldn't drop is church. And I'm excited to talk about that because specifically this church means so much to me. And it's not only because I'm the guy on stage or because I have to say that, it's because it's the truth. Y'all walked with me when I came into this church as a knucklehead 18-year-old, and you took me as I was. And we walked through tough times, and we celebrated good times, and we, uh, it was just fun, I just got distracted. Weddings, and we celebrated babies, and we cried together. Church is where life is lived out together. And, and where we really long to, to, to long to the hope that we have inside of us and we continually point to one another as we do this thing called life. And so this church means so much to me and all of its glory and imperfections. And so today I wanna talk about this posture that the Bible teaches us on what it means to, to posture ourselves as believers in the church and also how to prioritize church with everything going on. So first I wanna go back and, and talk about this kingdom of God. Let's define kingdom of God. So kingdom of God is God's reign through God's people in God's place. The kingdom of God is God's reign through God's people over God's place. So last week we talked that no matter what's going on down here, God is in control. He's on the throne. He's king. He is sovereign. Everybody say sovereign. He is our sovereign Lord of Lords. He is in heaven and he has defeated death once and for all in one day. That kingdom will come down here on earth and it will be good. But things are not so good right now because we're still waiting for that. And so God chose, and here's the mystery, he chose to reign through God's people. And so last week we looked at the Genesis account in chapter one when God made us in his image. And he gave us a command to rule. Everyone say, I rule. You rule. 
You rule. That's what the Bible says, that we were all created in his image to rule and to create order out of chaos. And we looked at the family, how we're called to to rule in God's order in our family. And today, again, we're going to look at how we're called to rule according to God's order in the church. And then it says that God reigns in God's place. And that place, as much as I would want it to be top down in this country, in the world, it, it, it doesn't work that way. It starts in here. It starts in the smallest place possible in our hearts. And it starts inside and then flows outward. So God needs to reign in here before he starts reigning in our family. God needs to reign in our family in order for us to be a a, a group of families called the church. And then let's include our community and influence and impact our nation because we want the kingdom of God to infiltrate our culture. We got to do it in the posture, in a posture of submission. This common theme that we've seen He's calling us to submit in family. He's calling us to submit in church. And then next week we'll tackle what it looks like to submit to our government, to our authority, to the land. Let's talk about a couple of verses we looked at last week. Mark 1, first words out of Jesus's mouth in the gospel of Mark. Very, very exciting. Repent, he says. Repent and believe in the good news. Mark 1, I believe it is verse 14 and 15. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. So the coming of Jesus all that time uh, long ago, he brought in the kingdom of heaven and says, hey, y'all need to turn from the ways of this world and believe in the good news that you are no longer foreigners to me. I have actually come to pay the price for that which separated God and us. And now we are one. We're a part of his family. Matthew chapter six, Jesus again says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And so when we seek the kingdom of God first, everyone say first, he says that then we can actually have everything that we need. And what do we need? Oh, I would like peace, joy, and, and some more righteousness in my life. And this is what the kingdom of God is defined in, in Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How awesome would it be if this church had a little bit more joy, had a little bit more peace and righteousness, and imagine if we were able to infiltrate our country and our community with this. What will happen? What what will we start to see? So let's talk about this posture, and then we're going to talk about priority. So first, looking at posture. We talked last week about uh, submission. We're going to talk about it again today. In Ephesians 5.21, Paul instructs us to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So submission is a gift from God that allows us to live freely because we trust who is ultimately in control, which is God, our King, who places rulers over us, who allows us to be born or adopted into our families. God is the one who's in charge. And when we submit to him in his control, then then it becomes easier to submit to one another. And so your leadership team here at Cypress Creek Church has some staff values that we want to see flow top down. We want to lead by example. The first one is to honor God. If there's anything that does not honor God that we do, we don't want to be about it. We want to be corrected. We want to be rebuked. We want to stop it. 
We want to honor God. The second thing is that we want to build healthy homes. We want to have health inside of our marriages, inside of our families, with with our kids. And this third one is trust. When we trust one another, it's fun. It's easy to submit to one another. So last week we had College Encounter, JD and Paulina were doing a great job leading College Encounter in the Kiowski family. Pastor Ben, our worship pastor, and his entire family was outside serving the most delicious brisket, smoked turkey, and wait for it, homemade coleslaw. You can sign up for College Encounter for next year, starting uh, right, right, right now. The whole Kiowski family serving the college students, submitting their time, their gifts, so that we can have an awesome time with our college students and our college ministry. College students, how was, the, how was the brisket? Be honest, be honest. There you go, there you go, yeah, there you go. When I was a student pastor, pastor, senior pastor Rob back then, he would submit to me during focus and he would do anything except for host students in his home. But he would be submitted to me the entire week and anything that I needed, I can, I can go to him. And I knew that he was ready to serve as he needed. And so Tyler, he's over there with the junior high students, but I'm gonna do the same thing to him, except host students. No, I'm kidding. We can host students, but they'll probably be babysitting for us. So we, 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 we want to serve and submit to one another, but we don't do this to make ourselves feel better or encouraged. We do it out of reverence for Christ. He submitted his life for us. So let's look at a couple of other postures that we are called to take as believers in Christ. The first one, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20 to 21 says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Paul's talking about living a new creation. And then he goes, hey, not only are you supposed to live differently, but you're also supposed to do and export this message. So he says, as though God were making his appeal Through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's the gospel message that God has entrusted to us, his body, his ambassadors. And a couple of things about ambassadors. Ambassadors never live in their country of origin. Ambassadors do not live in the culture that they are necessarily familiar with. An ambassador lives in a foreign land and is called to represent their leader in their land of origin and push that agenda to serve the people living in that place that call that place home. So think about it. We have a kingdom agenda to, to, to be about this ministry of reconciliation here in this community, in Wimberley, and in Hayes County, in San Marcos, Kyle, Buda, Canyon Lake, Kamal County, to, to the ends of the earth, ultimately. I don't know where we, we've had some people uh, viewed in from Europe recently, either family members or exchange students that, that have been impacted by this church. We are one family made out of a lot of different cultures, but we look to one king to receive our kingdom agenda. We are ambassadors in this church. The church is not the kingdom of God. The church is an embassy for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God's going to come one day. 
And we just represent a very, very small part. But the capital C Church is an embassy for the kingdom of God where we talk about the kingdom agenda. Let's go on in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. Peter says, but you are a chosen people. You're chosen. You're wanted. God wants you. A royal priesthood. Princess, prince, royalty. A holy nation. Person set apart. We look different than those that are around us in God's special possession. Don't you just love it when someone calls you special? But he's saying that you're mine. That's why you're special. Because you belong to me. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you, but now you have received mercy. First Peter 2, 16 through 17, going on right below there, says, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show respect to everyone. Everyone say everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God, honor the emperor. So what Peter is saying here is that we need to live differently. We need to live by different cultural standards because we don't belong so this world we used to when we were in darkness, but when we have been purchased by the blood of Christ, we now belong to a new kingdom culture. And it's interesting because it says live as free people. We have freedom when we are in Christ because we have been released from the shackles that have held us back, which is our sin. We have been released not only from the earthly consequences of our sins, because when God says, this is not good for you, it's because he means this is not good for you. He's not saying, I'm trying to withhold. He's saying, I know what's best for you, and I want you to trust me. And if you do that, then you will live truly free. But not only live freely here, but we'll live free forever under his kingdom. And the only way through his everlasting kingdom is through Jesus. We're gonna talk about honoring the emperor uh, next week, but love the family of believers. This is a family. We are amongst brothers and sisters here in this place. And I don't know what your relationship was like with your brother or sister, but you may be thinking, I don't want any more brothers or any more sisters because that was not necessarily the best loving relationship I could have had. My brother and I, we fought. Ooh, we fought. We fought. But praise be to God, because we are brothers, we just stuck with it, you know? And then we grew, and now we're friends, and we hang out. And I've apologized, and he's apologized, and it's all good, and we're living our best years of our life. And I think there's something there to us as a family of believers because family hurts each other. Family rejects one another. We gotta, as family of believers, we gotta look to what unites us, not what divides. And what unites us is this wonderful spirit of God that is drawing us ultimately to himself. And as we grow closer to him, then we have the ability to forgive. We have the ability to walk alongside. So 
We are a family. God made family a priority in Genesis chapter 12 when he focused on one family, and that was the family of this man named Abraham. And really, the whole Old Testament is just the storyline of God's faithfulness and the people's response. Sometimes it was good, but most of the times it was not good. It was full of rebellion, and and they forgot what God had done. And what God did there is he created this story, a narrative, a real-life narrative for us to see that God's love surpasses anything that we can do to try to mess things up. God's love is greater than anything that we can do, and there's nothing that can separate us from the love of our Creator, of our Father. And so then in the New Testament, Jesus comes and He brings us into a new family, and that is the church. So let's look at, look at what it means to be a, 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 a church. I think there's two things. Either we are conforming to the world, or we are transforming. Either we're on our, on our way in our mind, in our habits, in our lifestyle, either we're walking, conforming to the world, or we choose the path of, of transformation. And, and I'm going to camp out in Romans chapter 12, and then we'll start talking about priority, and we have some exciting news uh, with, with priority. So just hang in there with me. Romans 12, chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, there's family, in view of God's mercy. It's not saying, hey, I urge you, brothers and sisters, come up with the energy to, to offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice. He says, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Think about God's mercy in your life. Think about that. And then respond by offering your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Having a kingdom culture in our body means transforming our minds and recognizing that it's about us, not just about me. Let's look at these characteristics of this kingdom culture. I'm going to start in verse 9 and end in verse 21 of Romans chapter 12. And, And as I read these, I hope and pray that something sticks out to you and that you're able to say, I needed to hear that. I'm going to, I'm going to do this this week, or, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to employ this in this relationship, or in my marriage, or, or with my kids, or, or with a brother or a sister in Christ, because these words teach us what it truly means to live for Jesus. Starting in verse 9, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I love this verse. Because very seldom in the Bible do you hear about sports or competition. You do right here. He's talking about competing. Outdo one another. And doing what? Showing honor. Huh. That's pretty cool. Imagine if we just one-upped each other in showing honor. It's like you can't even take any credit for showing honor because then you're not showing honor. You know what I mean? And so if I'm going to honor Austin Turner, so you said, bro, you killed it on the keys, man. I love what you did there in between the songs and you had the pads and the right octave and stuff like that. You, you know, you just got to receive it. And, and then you got to think of something, you know, later for showing me honor. But anyway, <laughs> let's just compete. Let's just compete in showing one another honor. Lost my place. Do not 
Be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Our junior hires are over there, high school students. I know you're here, college students, you're here too. And and parents, anybody that has a, a phone these days, those things make us slothful. Not only that, but they, they, they take away passion. They rob us. When we look at social media and when we're so invested in the content that's right in front of our eyes, we do the opposite of what this verse is saying, which is serve and, and be, be fervent in your service. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. And so if you're feeling stuck right now and you're like, man, I just need something, serve somebody this week. And see how that changes things. There's nothing more satisfying than being about God's work as we serve one another. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. This church does an amazing job rejoicing when we're on top of mountains and celebrating one another and we're in the valleys struggling with one another. Let's keep that up. Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I think this whole event, revenge and vengeance is so key to submission, because as we submit to Christ, we learn that we don't have to worry about figuring things out or or telling this person that they wronged us. When we forgive, we release, and we allow God to take care of it. And we say, God, you know all. It's in your hands. I'm going to choose to release. Priority. All of that had to do with posture, our posture as the body of Christ. Let's talk about how to make church a priority. As a pastor, oh, I'm so excited to tell y'all how you can make church the priority. Hopefully, you leave here encouraged, and I think you will, because there's some really exciting things that are going on with this church. And in this church, we don't do membership, we do partnership. Let me explain. When we call people members, we talk about attendance, and, and, and we talk about receiving. Because I'm a member, because I pay my dues, because I subscribe, I'm expecting something in return for myself. Partnership means activation. It means being on mission together. Partnership means producing. And so the overseers have been praying and thinking about what partnership looks like at Cypress Creek Church. How to make church a priority? Well, let's set a couple of expectations on how we can partner together with what God is doing in our midst. And so if you've been around for Cypress for for a long time, you're gonna see that these four things that, that we've come up with have been alive since day one of this church. We're simply calling them out 
and we want to hold each, uh, want each other accountable so that we can see, hey, I'm, I'm doing this really, really well, but in this season, man, I need to up this or, or up that. But you know, it doesn't even matter if we've been actively doing these things since day one if they don't come from the word of God. So I want to read before I give you what we call the four G's, four partnership uh, uh, commitment. Let me read Acts 2, 42, 47. This is the beginning, the first church. Peter is standing in front of a bunch of people, different cultures, different languages. And he says, hey, kingdom culture is about this. Holy Spirit is upon him. He's speaking through. And this is the first church. It says in verse 42 that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So, so they devoted themselves towards spiritual growth. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who had need. They were givers. They were giving. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. That is the corporate gathering that is here on Sunday morning. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And we call those community groups at Cypress Creek Church. Those are small groups. We meet in homes. Some have meals, others, others don't. Every, every, every meal, every person should have the kioskis cooked for them. Verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people in the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They were on mission. They were about the kingdom agenda. They were being ambassadors for Christ. So what are the four G's? Well, they're all in here and I kind of already gave them to you, but let's start with the first one and that is grow. Everyone say grow. We live with purpose. And our purpose, purpose is not to, to stay the same. Our purpose is to grow. Grow into what? Well, grow into the likeness of Christ. Become more like Jesus. Continue this process called sanctification, which only means becoming more like Jesus as we do the things that God's called us to. And it's important that we grow according to what this book says. Because too often as we live in this world, it's, it's important for us to be about the transformation rather than conforming. And so we need to allow this book, this word of God to teach and rebuke and, and train us up in righteousness as we grow. The second is group. Everyone say groups. We live life together. It's fun when we come together on Sunday morning. It's fun when we worship loudly and, and raise our hands or sit down or kneel or dance or however you want to worship here in this place. It's fun. We need it. There's energy and the Spirit of God is most definitely in this place and it is good for our souls. And when we worship, things happen up there that I don't understand. I'm not even going to begin to explain. Bottom line, it is good when we gather together. Amen? But we're not doing life with one another if we show up on Sunday. We need to be doing life together in small groups, in community groups, because that's when we can, we can celebrate the highs and, and talk about the lows and go hand in hand as we do this thing called life with one another. And so groups are an essential part of this church. We have some exciting uh, groups uh, news that I'm going to give after I finish these last two. Give. 
Everyone say give. You're like, yeah, I know he was gonna tell me that he wants my money. I know some of y'all were thinking that. And you know what? I'm not. I'm not gonna ask for your money because God has already taken care of that in here. What I'm gonna say to you is thank you. Thank you, Cypress Creek Church, for giving cheerfully. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful givers and we have a church filled with cheerful givers. Thank you. And if you're not giving, I do encourage you to read what the Bible says about giving and jump on board because he is doing something awesome in our midst. And it's not only money. We give our time and our talents. We give our gifts to God. We give our gifts when we greet and when we usher. We give our gifts when we lead a community group, when we serve and celebrate recovery and, and, and kids team. And, and we need more people to activate and participate as we do ministry and partner together. So we live to give. And then the last one is go. Everyone say go. We live on mission. We live on mission. It's not about me. It's not about what I get. It's about what I can do for him in response to what he has done for me. And we live on mission. Church is not a place we go to, but a place we go from. We are a sending church. If you look behind you, all these nations, different cultures represented, all our ministry partners, all our local ministry partners that we partner with, we are all about the advancements of the kingdom of God, the gospel message in this community, in this nation, and across the world. We are a church on mission. So you got these four. You got, uh, goodness, grow. You got groups. You got give and Go And the point is, if we do all of these, I promise you, not only will you feel a part of this body, but you will also live the most satisfying life that you can as we are, as we are about his kingdom culture, furthering his kingdom agenda. So I told you I had some exciting news, and that is the hardest thing with community groups is this last part. Go, because when you start a community group, you enter into a set of relationships and you get real close and you get real you know, comfortable and then you actually share things after a while and you're doing life with one another and then it's time to multiply because we're on mission. And it's so difficult to navigate the multiplication process. And so we have a video to show you about the Cheshire Community Group and their multiplication process and what that's been like and how is that resulting? And then afterwards, I'm gonna ask the Cheshires, the Vasquez, and the Clarks to come up because we're gonna pray as they multiply. Check this video out. I'm Scott Cheshire. And Tina Cheshire. We moved to Wimberley back in 2016 and been a part of Cyprus ever since. Community group is a way to have people that are accountable or that hold you accountable and are like-minded to encourage you for what you heard on Sunday, and it's a way to live life. You know, Sunday is it's quick, it's fast, so is community group, but just something during the middle of that week that makes it more uh, intimate. Uh, you know, those, that's your friend group, and those are the people that you've got one or two ways to live, and it's light or darkness, and they'll be the first ones to call you out on it when they see you going where you shouldn't go or doing things in the darkness, you know? And it's, it's healthy. It's just good. 
Scott and Tina, first of all, we love y'all and are grateful for who you are as individuals and as a family. God has used each one of you in a mighty way to bless our family and so many other families in our church. Over the course of the last year and a half, we've had the privilege of watching you grow in your faith and as leaders of this community group. If you know the Cheshires, you know they meet no stranger. <laughs> Both are intentional when it comes to connecting to those around them. The moment you walk into Scott and Tina's house, you feel at home. There's always food, laughter, and children, lots and lots of children. Amen. They both lead with open arms, genuine conversations, vulnerability, and truth. Under their leadership, our community group has grown three times the original amount. Truly amazing. The Cheshires lead in a way that everyone feels safe and comfortable to express their thoughts and views on the lessons God has brought into our life. The friends and family we have made through their community group has not only strengthened our faith, but allowed God to put people in our lives that we can lean on and rely on. Even though we have only known the Cheshires for two short years, it feels more like a lifetime. Tina has become our memory maker, and Scott has become our coach. The Cheshires have been faithful in using their spiritual gifts. Tina, the passionate conversationist, and Scott, the obedient servant. Thus, our group is now ready to multiply. We're all uncertain as to how this is going to look or which families move where, but we trust in God. We've learned so much from the way you lead. We truly value and appreciate your realness, your servant hearts, and your audacious faith and boldness. Thank you and we love you. Your community group. <laughs> That's so sweet. Oh, man. Wow. Thank you. That's, That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> yeah. We thank y'all. And we're not going anywhere. We're still here. And we're eager to meet others that... Um, just need some some love and some some I don't know genuine Cheshire's. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> it was hard to even consider. You know, we've got so many friends. You don't want to see anybody leave, <laughs> and then you realize the purpose of the church is to grow and expand. And you know, people are called to different places. So uh, if you're looking at a community group, if you think you need help. If you're just too scared to ask for help, I get it. We've been there. But once you have the vulnerableness to express your need for help, this church is full of people that are either going through the exact same thing or have been through it. And if you need that, either ask us or someone else you see in the church, where can I go? Because it's here and we'll support you. Start crying. <laughs> See you Thursday. <laughs> yeah, we love y'all. We do. Uh, y'all are extended family. It's multiplication is good. It's not easy, but it is good. Amen. All right, Cheshires, get up here, Vasquez's Clarks. Come on up. We started praying a few months ago about what this multiplication process would look like, and we thought we would have two groups, and then the Holy Spirit did his thing, and now we have three groups that are multiplying out of one. And so if you are looking for a community group, look at these beautiful people. Come on. And talk to, talk to them. Okay, you guys are in Wood Creek North. We are. And then y'all are in... Skyline, Wood Creek area. We got Driftwood, Sagewood. So come talk to them. And then um, let's pray, y'all, as we multiply. Taylor, can you come up and help me bless them, please? 
Father, we thank you. As Scott just said in the video, that multiplication is good. It's not easy, but it's good because you've called us on mission. And so, Father, as we celebrate this multiplication, we also are anticipating many good things to come. Life, rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourning with those who mourn. Transformation and salvation, God. We thank you that you've called us to live life together, and I bless these families and their obedience. And I'm so grateful for their example to me and this church. And we pray, God, that you would go with them, and that you would be in their home, protect all the things in their home as the little kids run around. And we thank you, God, for what you are doing. We glorify your name, Jesus. In your name, we all said, amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Let's do life together. I don't know where you're at. Maybe you've called Cyber Creek Church your home since day one, or maybe you're still figuring out whether this is your home. I'm gonna encourage you to do one thing. Call someplace home. And if it's this place, then we do have Discovery next week where we'll talk a little bit more about the history of the church and staff and values and those things. And so you can register online. It's called Discovery After Second Service. But more than anything, I pray that we would respond. Ben, you can come back up. That we would respond to his grace and what he's doing in our lives. Because he's up to something. And as we talk about kingdom culture in this crazy culture that we are living in, my prayer and my hope is that we would see that the king who was on the throne stepped down so that we could be known by him by others here in this church, and that we could walk alongside one another and truly live life together. So if you could do me a favor, if you're able, please stand as we, as we close out. God, we are grateful for what you were doing in our midst. And I'm grateful most of all, God, that, that we get to do this together and that this, your body, a broken people, imperfect yet willing and accepting of your grace. We ask, Father, that Holy Spirit, you would speak to us, minds and hearts, as to how you're calling us out to, to prioritize church be it becoming a partner or stepping up in some way, Lord, you know, and so we ask for your direction and your guidance. And we thank you most of all, God, that we are living sacrifices, not because of anything that we can do on our own, but in view of your mercy, your amazing mercy that allows us to be called a chosen people in the holy nation and a royal priesthood in your special possession. We're so grateful, God. We lift up your name as we close out and worship and we say you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords and you are on the throne. We lift up anything inside of us that may be anxious and say, Lord, we give it to you so that we in turn could have peace. And I pray that as we go out, 
we would be your ambassadors wherever we may go in our workplaces, in our families, and in our friends group. We give all the glory and honor to you, Jesus, and it is in your name that I pray. Amen.